My name is Ray Park. You may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Clone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the Force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the Force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. And my name is Andrew Roscoe. So Andrew has been invited to the podcast five or maybe six times, and he's declined every single time except for tonight's invitation. (laughs) So he's here now. So, yeah, I've been trying to get this guy on the podcast for a while now, and uh, he is finally here. So, Andrew, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, of course, David. Thanks. Uh, my name is, I already said Andrew, right? <laughs> uh, so I ha- I am a staff writer for Geek News Now. I usually write about Star Wars and video games. Sometimes those uh, are happen at the same time. I mean, recently with like uh, Eclipse and like other stuff going on over there with Lucas, Lucas Games and stuff. Uh, and I also do a Star Wars podcast of my own with my co-host Abram over on uh, the YouTube channel's Backlog Banter. And then like the actual video playlist is uh, my Star Wars show. Not very creative, but that's what's called my Star Wars show, just four words. So that's pretty much what I mostly do on here. And then lastly, I have a video game themed podcast that's about every week uh, called Duo Sense. That's D-U-O-S-E-N-S-E. And we just talk about video games and stuff on there. So those are my three main uh, hobby project, passion projects, if you, if you will. Nice. Very good. And I've seen you do several podcasts, and you're great when you speak about Star Wars. So that's why I wanted to have you on. Thank you. And Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And I also wanted to, uh, before we do anything, is give out some shout-outs to our beloved patrons uh, on the purple tier. Chris Simpson, Kevin uh, Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters on the red tier, Fenrir526, Matt Heath, Maya Morris on the black tier, uh, Maka Tawatala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, and Liam McCallion. Thank you so much, guys. Um, for contributing to the podcast. Um, this past weekend, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before before last, uh, we did an interview with Spencer Wilding, and I was able to use equipment uh, to do the interview uh, directly due to the funds contributed via Patreon. So thank you so much. And we're going to take that stuff to London when we go uh, for celebration, and uh, hopefully we get some... Uh, a nice coverage there and hopefully some interviews and maybe the panel. So, but without further ado, we want to talk about this past week of star Wars stuff that dropped and out of nowhere, seemingly we got the news a few days ago that we're going to get rogue one back in theaters and not only in theaters, it's going to be in IMAX in select locations. What locations we still do not know. It's been a few days. We don't know, but we're also going to get an Andor exclusive look uh, probably after the film. And hopefully we get this awesome one sheet right here. I know I have the Star Wars Stuff podcast logo on it, but (laughs) I hope to get this poster and put it in my house uh, along with every other poster I've gotten from from Celebration. It looks like it's probably a 13 by 19, just the same ones they hand out at Celebration, but... Getting Rogue One back in a huge screen, that space battle is going to look so sweet again. I never got to see it in IMAX. I know they released it on IMAX. Um, 
it's now regarded as one of the best Star Wars films. It's probably regarded as the best Disney film uh, after the merger in 2012. Uh, so, Andrew, what are your thoughts on uh, on Rogue One being uh, dropped into IMAX? Two things. For, I'll take liberties with Poe Dameron and say uh, somehow Rogue One has returned. And then second thing, don't let my don't let David Gramillion hear you praise Rogue One so much because he my editor he he hates that movie so much. He really does. He complains there's no character development and it gets too scattered. I, I kinda I kinda see like I where he's coming from. But I just like it because it's so tonally different from the mainline Star Wars films. I like the like the war kind of like quiet on the eastern front kind of thing going on. Like I, I love the like none of our heroes make it. And I think most of us knew going into the movie that like no one right i know some people confused it with like oh like like the bothans dying but that was like a different that's a second death star right that's a different situation but like i just love base i love like all the characters were introduced to and it's just such a like a heroically tragic ending and i remember when i saw it in theaters uh opening night like the the news about carrie fisher so fresh in my mind and then we see like you know the kind of you know, it's not not the best effects, but we see her like like they've given us something it's like what it's like hope. It's just like oh, it just like tears at the heartstrings. So I haven't seen Rogue One's probably the the Star Wars film I have seen the least. I've even seen I've seen Solo probably more times than I've seen Rogue One. So uh, I'm it's still like I'm ready for it in IMAX. So that's good. Yeah, it feels like someone could actually do a podcast solely based on that film. There's so many behind the scenes, like just interesting, like tidbits. And um, I mean, the the whole Tony Gilroy popping in and kind of helping with finishing off Rogue One. And then the fact that Gareth Edwards, traditionally, if someone comes in and kind of takes over a movie, the, the director leaves, but Gareth Edwards decided to stay and he kind of contributed and if if you're not aware of the story, apparently Gareth Edwards directed it to a point, and then either um, some of the higher ups, Kathleen Kennedy, said that this wasn't working out, so they brought in Tony Gilroy at like I don't know, tenth hour, eleventh hour, possibly, and he came in and he said, "This is what you need to do. That's what you need to do." And he, no, having that knowledge and seeing that film, you can kind of tell that it was kind of. Frankenstein a little bit. We always have mm-hmm. this discussion on the podcast that Rogue One is not a good film, but it's a great Star Wars film, you know. And I can see where where Dave Gramillion comes uh, comes from his his point of view, where it's it's not the best of movies, but it works as a Star Wars film because it flows right into A New Hope. It establishes yeah. some interesting characters, Connect- connective tissue. Yeah, yeah, the connectivity, the connective tissue. It, it just works in the technology with Grand Moff Tarkin. That worked to a degree. Uh, a lot of people were kind of fooled and thought that Peter Cushing was still alive, surprisingly. <laughs> it, that that I don't was know. really interesting to hear. I thought he looked really plasticky, though. Like, I remember, like, I haven't seen him in a long, like, at least two years at this point, but I just remember him looking very, like, plasticky. It's kind of just that uncanny valley kind of look where, like, it almost, I almost felt like unnerved with him. You know what I mean? It's kind of like don't look too closely. Kind of, kind of like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a little <laughs> unnerving. It's kind of, I don't know. I don't. Maybe it'll look better in IMAX. Probably not. I, I probably just exemplify the, the, the all the like you know all the all the technicalities I have issues with. But 
Yeah, I, I think know. it maybe had something to do with the eyes. The eyes are a little bit too glassy or weren't glassy enough. But the other kind of interesting thing that my buddy Carl always brings up, he says that he read or saw an interview where I think the FX team that worked on Tarkin said that they did everything they could possibly do except for one thing they forgot to do. They forgot to do this one crucial thing. What do you think it is? I'm going to guess it's something with like maybe like natural hair on the skin, like on the face, like bleach fuzz or something. I don't know. I think they did that, but you're very, oh. very close. Uh, um, like what does every every actor wear on their face? Two- <laughs> oh, just makeup? Is it makeup? They didn't put makeup on them. That oh, okay. They're claiming that the fact that there was no makeup on Tarkin, that would have made him more believable. Okay, I can see that. Because he does, like I said, he looks like plastic. And it's kind of like the shiny, kind of like waxy. Like It's yeah. like looking at a Batman 2 songs, like wax version of, of Peter yeah. Cushing. Where he, I, I, I can see that where like, you know, makeup helps kind of diffuse the light a little bit. Kind of like spreads out so it's not, you're not sweaty and shiny looking. So that makes sense. That could be, that could, I might just be the, the gripe that I'm missing then. Yeah, so I'm going to try really, really hard because this is going to drop on, if you look at the poster, August 26th. Now, it's it's a little strange in that we don't know which theaters this is going to drop. This is in two weeks from now, less than two weeks from now, actually. So it's going to be a Friday, August 26th. Don't know which IMAX theaters. Don't know how long the run is going to be. It just says August 26th. Is it only that one day or is it the whole weekend? I mean, what's going on there? I would think it would be the weekend. At least. at least the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I have a buddy who works at a theater. I wonder if he knows already. Probably not. Yeah, I, I did search online to see if there's any new news on this, and I didn't see anything. I figure like Twitter, someplace would have it posted everywhere, but nothing as of yet. I did paste the link for Fandango on our Facebook group to um, be able to get email alerts, which. I mean, I don't know if you want Fandango to be spamming your email a bunch after this, but um, we'll let you know for sure on just all for of the our month. social channels. <laughs> yeah, uh, they probably like keep you forever and just send oh. you all kinds of stuff. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And what we're gonna see in this exclusive look at at Andor, I'm not quite sure. Hopefully, it's something like um, James and I are the co-hosts well, on Patreon Daily. Uh, podcast we do for patreon um we were talking about when the dune premiere happened i went to that at an imax in austin and oh, they gave that's gotta be amazing 15... yeah it was incredible they they're they might it, it feels like they're gonna give us like about 15 minutes of the actual show um and then maybe like an introduction from diego luna and tony gilroy possibly sort and of I like a have you have you, you seen talking maverick by chance or no I haven't seen it. I bought tickets uh, okay. for it and I had to cancel twice. Okay, because like, it's like a little thing where Tom Cruise comes out, like you know, like a little like for the first like a minute before the movie, he's like, "Hey guys, thanks for coming out to watch yeah. the movie and stuff." So, so I'm, is that what yeah. you're talking about? Like, like, like that kind of thing, like right something like that, where they're sitting like in a director's chair and they yeah talk uh, to the crowd, yeah, and the spotlight's just like yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, and of course they they moved the premiere date all the way back to t- uh, September 21st. Um, due to the fact we believe that all these other shows are happening with She-Hulk and Rings of Power and House of Dragons and 
you don't want to have that overlap. And still, we don't know. We haven't had any word when Bad Batch is Bad Batch season two is going to premiere because that was always set for September 28th. Mm-hmm. So are we going to get for the first time ever two Star Wars concurrent shows happening? I know it's animation, but I mean, there is there's a lot of fans for Bad Batch. I went to Celebration. I was at the panel. Huge cheers for the trailer. And the stadium was full. So. What do you I don't I don't know. I I here's the thing. It's like I was thinking about this recently where like Disney Plus, they you know, they had the thing where it was uh Obi-Wan, right? For like, oh, Kenobi came out and then like I think two or three weeks later Marvel came out. And I the thing they noticed was that Miss Marvel had like the lowest like first day viewings because it was coming out the same day as the Kenobi episodes were. And so I don't. I I as soon. I think as soon as Kenobi ended, there was like maybe two or three episodes of Marvel left, and like those those numbers shot up for those first days for those uh, premieres. So I'm wondering if they might have learned their lesson here with that. If they're are they going to? Because it, it just seems it doesn't seem like very wide at the same time. Even if they had like different like days, like if you drop one on a Wednesday, another one on a Friday or something, it just I don't know. It doesn't seem sm- like smart business-wise, but I, I mean, yeah. it's Star Wars, so they probably figure many people will just double-dip anyways. Yeah, it's like common sense, business sense, don't repeat the mistakes that you made in, in the history of, the short history of Disney owning Star Wars, because if you go all the way back to Solo, they drop Solo next to Infinity War and Deadpool 2, and it's like, man, it's, like, people don't have a lot of money to, to go and see three films at the theater <laughs> That close together, and I think that was a big hit. And then on top of that, you had the Last Jedi backlash. It was just an unperfect storm, you know, or an imperfect storm. Um, and then people also make talk about how like they weren't that enthusiastic about it because of the I forget their names. The guys who did the Into the Spider Verse that were originally attached to Lord uh, and Miller. There you go. Yeah, they were yeah. originally attached to uh, Solo, and I guess it was like a comedy or something. And like uh, K- Kathleen and the crew just took issue with it, and they kind of like after re- and Ron Howard brought in kind of have to like rework stuff and it's just I remember the press of that movie coming out and it was just kind of like I don't think any of my friends like on when they came out I think that was like the only Star Wars movie where my friends like did not go see it opening weekend and so like when that when that happened I'm like mm, this movie's in trouble a little bit yeah so. and they moved away from the Christmas release date too and that was that was another thing where it's like you already planted your flag for Christmas starting in 2015 with mm-hmm. The Force Awakens and then they released Rogue One and then they went to May. It it, it really made no sense. It it really speaks to the the executives and the shareholders thinking that Star Wars was Teflon. There was nothing that was going <laughs> to make them just break even which is essentially what Solo did. But of course they learned and and now we're kind of to the point where it's like, should we even... I mean, this shouldn't be a thing that should be happening. You shouldn't have two concurrent running Star Wars things. Although, it is animation, and it is streaming, so it's a different kind of beast. But, I mean, the the kind of the track record that we have now, it's it's like, yeah, you, you don't want to run two programs simultaneously. Cause like you said, Miss Marvel is a good show. It's, it's one of the better Marvel I think, shows. I think, yeah. I think it's one of the better and top half of the 
Disney Plus era Marvel shows. Yeah, yeah, and it totally deserves more viewership, and it uh, it suffered because Kenobi was happening, and then on top of that, Stranger Things was happening, and then on top of that, mm. Top Gun was released. <laughs> so all those like dominoes. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty, but it's like just don't make that mistake again. It feels like, but I don't know. So, talking about Disney Plus here. So, August 10th, I think the news dropped. That was my birthday, and I wasn't really paying much attention to that to, to that side of the, uh, the business as far as um, Disney Plus and finance. Um, this, I don't think a lot of people are actually talking about this. This is actually kind of big news. And I wanted to read this article here off of Variety. Um, there's going to be a price hike for Disney Plus. Uh, they're going to raise the price by 38%. So it's essentially going to jump from $7.99 to $10.99 if you want Disney Plus Premium. So there's going to be a difference. There's going to be Disney Plus Basic and there's going to be Disney Plus Premium. And I'll read to you the details here. So this is from Variety. Disney has set pricing and date for the U.S. launch of the version of Disney Plus with ads while also hiking the monthly price of the Disney plus tier with no ads. It's also going to raise rates for Hulu, both ad supported and ad free versions and introduce new Disney bundle options. Disney plus basic, which is the name of the plan with ads will launch December 8th in the U S for seven ninety nine a month. That's the price of the current ad free version of Disney plus, which at the time will bump up to ten ninety nine per month a 38% increase and will be known as Disney plus premium. So did that make sense there? <laughs> a little bit. Like I was kind of like, it's like the meme with the numbers and stuff kind of coming at me. And I'm just like, uh, I don't, I hate when they do that. Like Hulu has that where like you, you're, you're paying, but you still get ads. I, I just go to like the scary. Cause I'm like, if I'm paying and I'm still getting ads, like this is like a lose, lose situation. I might as well just, but the extra two or what three or whatever it is to not get ads at that point. So, yeah, I was kind of shocked because my wife, she loves Hulu and she usually doesn't want to pay the premium, but she's like, yeah, I don't want to get ads in, in, in my Hulu stuff. So we're, I'm like, great. I don't want ads either. Whatever I watch on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always thought that the price point for Disney Plus was really, really low. When it first initially dropped, it was only six ninety nine per month, and then they did that huge three year bundle. Um, yeah, the lock the lock in. Yeah, yeah, and that's about to go. That's about to be up. I think this November, it's it's done for those people. Um, so I'm not sure if you can do you can re up or what exactly is going to happen for them. Um, I bought the yearly subscription, and um, I just recently bought the bundle with Hulu and ESPN Plus. So I guess my rate is going to go up too with that. Uh, but but you do uh, get a cheaper price when you bundle everything, of course. Right. So, But like I was saying, I thought the price point was actually pretty cheap for everything you're getting. You're getting everything Marvel, essentially excluding the Spider-Man films and um, whatever old contracts they had. I believe they said starting with Captain Marvel on every single marvel film would go straight to disney plus which i think they've they've kept that promise um so i've checked out all the marvel films there um and of course you have pixar there 
you have Disney Animation, uh, National Geographic. Um, but they're releasing more and more content. We're getting more Star Wars shows. Um, we've talked about how the trailer for The Mandalorian Season 3 looks like they've stepped their game up. You can see a lot more money on screen. Um, and by all accounts, it's it's going to be even more epic than Season 2. Uh, I think season, season two's first episode felt almost like a mini movie with the crate Dragon. And it felt movie quality. And hopefully with the uh, future story that we're about to talk about, hopefully it's going to get to the point where it's going to be kind of indistinguishable from watching a movie uh, on the big screen. But yeah, um, the funny thing you mentioned that is uh, my co-host on the my Star Wars uh, show podcast, uh, my co-host Abram has talked about a we did like a hot takes episode, like a Star Wars hot takes episode, and he's like, well, you should just not do movies anymore, just put everything on Disney Plus, just do everything as a series. And I was like, no, you need like that theatrical, like cinematic experience. He's like, we're at the point where like a decade ago, like of course we would have to have done movies, but he's like, with the volume and like everything that's going on with that, like the technology is ca- caught up, kind of like. He's like, there's no reason why you can't just do Star Wars stories. It's just like a episodic format at this point. And like, I get it. I kind of get it. And then at the same time, I'm kind of like, like, no, there's something special about those numbered entries, man. Like, you can't. It's just something about it. But I don't know. I, 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 I guess you're kind of like in the same boat, sort of, right? Where like, not that you don't want Star Wars movies, but like, you feel like the Disney Plus stuff is just enough, like, quality wise. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. That you, that you say that because it felt like Obi-Wan was Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show, the series, the limited series. It was kind of downplayed and it, is, it didn't seem like they had the budget like the new Andor series has. The new Andor series seems like that is a movie that we're mm-hmm. going to get on, on Disney+. Plus, Not with the um, volume and everything. Yeah, it seemed like they didn't utilize the volume as well as the Mandalorian production did. The Mandalorian production seemed a lot more epic in scale. Obi-Wan seemed smaller than what I think all of us feel it should have. So, But as far as the price hike for Disney+, Plus, I want to pose this question to everyone watching on YouTube and Twitter. If you can comment, what is is the max price you would pay for Disney Plus, knowing that you'll get all the Marvel films, all the Disney Plus shows, and eventually the the Star Wars films on Disney Plus. What is the max? And me personally, I thought about this today. And aside from me having a Star Wars podcast and having to subscribe, (laughs) if I was just a standard Star Wars fan, man, I would... I would say I wouldn't pay more than I would pay for something like a Netflix. I know Netflix is what maybe what twenty one dollars if you have four K. Oh, I think I pay like thirteen. I, I think like that's 13 or something. I think I paid yeah. thirteen for like two screens and HD or something. I think. I okay, yeah, I think it's about twenty one dollars for three screens, four K, which which was kind of. Annoying when I got a 4K TV. They're like, "Yeah, you need to." Uh... Is there enough Do stuff you on watch there? Anything in 4K? Is well, there yeah, enough stuff on there that supports 4K? Uh, yeah, I think there's a few things. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, Liz F is saying my life savings. <laughs> 
Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. But I mean, I was always shocked, like I, I've said, that the price point was so small, six ninety nine. But then, of course, the gradual price hike. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, they're going to topple Netflix in no time. But this, the, the subscriptions for Disney Plus hasn't grown as quickly as I thought it was. They do have a lot of subscribers. Nowhere near what Netflix has. But, of course, Netflix has got that. Uh, they got so many years on them in a, in a much larger library of stuff. Um, well, Netflix is also, like, every now and then over here, like, every month or so, like, oh, like, they're hemorrhaging, like, uh, or something so like i think you have i think you have growing pains all around with people kind of being like because i i mean i think most people i'm speaking for myself but like i see like i, I subscribe to just to watch prey just for this month and then like people are telling me oh you got to watch uh severance on apple and i'm like dude like i can't do this paramount this hulu this netflix this disney plus like i can't i have crunchy roll too for Brandy, like I, it's I can't. It's just it's just too much. So like yeah, yeah, it is it's a lot ridiculous. Yeah, it's gotten to the point where we all cut the, cut the cord for cable, and now it's like we're back on it because we're we're paying just back as around. much now. Yeah, it, it all came back around. But I mean, it's nicer to have that kind of granularity and a la carte type of option to to cut off stuff when. Uh, you don't want yeah it's you're doing like the packages like the cable when they offer you like the this many channels right for like this amount i like that yeah yeah definitely you know what's funny david is uh i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off um what were you saying go ahead yeah i was gonna ask uh uh, what were you gonna what were you gonna say what what are you thinking what's the max price you would pay for disney plus okay that's what i was about to say anyway so that works uh i would (laughs) i would be i would be good at uh i think about no more than 12 i think i'll be fine no more than 12 no more than wow. twelve, and then the funny thing is, like, what? You, okay, I'll give you. I'll let you get guess. What do you think is the thing I most binge watch on Disney Plus? And you're probably not going to get it correctly. Go ahead. On Disney Plus, yeah. Um, long running series. Oh, a long running series. Is it something new that dropped on Disney Plus? No, 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 no. no. A long-running series on Disney Plus. Uh... All right, I'll just go ahead and tell you then. I basically just watch The Simpsons like almost all the time. <laughs> like, ah, uh, okay. Some, the Simpsons for me is like comfort viewing, like kind of like what The Office okay. used to be for me before they took it off Netflix. Where it's just kind of I kind of have it on in the background, or like if I want to watch something before bed and I don't feel like you know being invested, like a lot like i just kind of just want no i mean like it's just like popcorn viewing and okay. so like i'm thinking of like because you're thinking of marvel and star wars i'm thinking of marvel star wars and the simpsons for me because like that uh-huh. shows like 30 plus seasons i'm like it's just, i knew it <laughs> it's it, it's it's feel good tv it's popcorn viewing it's just kind of just cultural just you know but like i think yeah. the whole fox merger thing that they did like has been like very beneficial because I know some people who I have a friend who also is like kind of just like me. He, he just say he'll pop in for the occasional Mandalorian premiere, Kenobi premiere, but he really just stays on for like the other like non-important stuff. Like I'm talking about like um, the uh, that, uh, Mighty Ducks revival they did, like the other mm-hmm. kind of stuff that's like more on the fringes, like on the edges, really. Because 
It's like I know most people are kind of just like like when's the next Marvel show? When's the next Star Wars thing? And then like the rest of us are kind of just like, oh, we're, we're subsisting on the kind of you know the little pieces here and there and stuff. So I think I think twelve dollars for me is like the it com- like that covers everything that I kind of want. So I think twelve dollars. Uh, if it goes above twelve dollars, I'll still get it. But I'll just be griping more, getting ashing my teeth. But um, twelve dollars is like where like that's where you happy. I'm still moderately happy. Okay, interesting. <laughs> so okay, so if if twelve is the max for you, would you just constantly keep Disney Plus? Would you not cancel it, or are you saying that if it goes yeah. above twelve, you would just get it for like the occasional new Star Wars show or whatever you're Pretty interested much. in, and just start canceling? Yeah, I mean the thing is though, like we're at the point where like we have She Hulk coming out this month, and then we have like he's Andor and everything. So there's always something there like every month to kind of keep you on the hook just a little yeah. bit longer. So I think I would just always have Disney Plus. But I'm saying like above twelve dollars, I would just be I would just come like a little more. Really. I, I think uh, as long as they can keep it on as long as long as they can keep us like on the hook with something every single month, I think they're I think they're they'll do fine. Okay. Interesting. What about yeah. you? Yeah, we got uh, the uh, the head honcho here, Bob Chapek. He's uh, he's waiting on uh, on the general public to see what they're going to do here because we all know that Netflix, uh, when they raised prices, they lost about two hundred thousand subscribers off the bat. So that um, apparently, what insiders are thinking, they're they're thinking that the ad. Um, subscription is going to prevent losing subscribers, but I don't know. I I would think Disney Plus by now would have more of a foothold, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, and uh, looks like December 8th will be the date where um, the experiment happens, so I guess we got that to look forward to. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about here is the fact that uh, Tony Gilroy, and um, I know I've said this so many times on the podcast, but when we were at Celebration, he was on stage during the uh, Lucasfilm Plus panel. He was so hyped up and happy to talk about Andor, which is the polar opposite of what we all thought about him because the initial reports when Tony Gilroy came in to help out with Rogue One was that he said he was not a Star Wars fan. And he kind of <laughs> gave off the vibe of he didn't care about Star Wars. He wasn't, he just simply wasn't a fan. He, he's primarily a fan of just espionage films and just making cinema. And he didn't care about the whole Star Wars aspect, but his demeanor totally changed on set. And there are reports that Lucasfilm said, you could do whatever you need to do, do whatever you want with Andor and uh, just do something good. And I have seen uh, articles out there that, yeah, he has actually gone through Star Wars lore and he's actually watched Star Wars Rebels uh, to do research to figure out um, how to uh, create Andor and and what possibly connective tissue, maybe some characters from Rebels. Possibly. I know there's there's lots of reports stating that Rebels characters will appear maybe in, a, in the Ahsoka series or in Mandalorian season three, but wouldn't it be 
super exciting to get them in the Andor show somehow, some way. Of course, we all know we saw the ghost, the ship in Rogue One. So they are kind of around. Um, so I think that'd be interesting. What do you think? Do, do you think getting more connected to even though we do have some reports stating that there's not a lot of easter eggs which could be totally wrong which could be throwing a curveball at us but do you think andor is gonna have characters that we're familiar with or are we just gonna get a straight up brand new story brand new characters and just the beginning of the rebellion i i love two minds david because i'm one of those people who like i love when like for like Kenobi has a connective tissue for Revenge of the Sith. Like if you watch Revenge of the Sith, Kenobi and A New Hope, like it kind of just all flows into each other. At the same time, I do think Star Wars does suffer from the what they call a small galaxy syndrome, where it's like we always see everybody. Like there always has to be cameos. There always has to be people. Like we can't just have like an isolated like story to tell, right? I think that's why they refuse to go like too far in the past with like High Republic or Old Republic stuff, and they. Refuse to go too far in the future with like anything post uh rise of skywalker right so i think we were like in this holding pattern where we're between like uh the prequels and like the sequels and everything's just kind of lodged into that little gap area so i think i think we're likely to see uh uh, i'm sure i'm sure we're going to see past characters right and besides mon mothma and like some of the other ones they've shown i feel like they're like pulling a chrysanthemum kind of thing and just like throw somebody in there who's like like maybe from the fringes of like the new EU kind of thing, like that would be pretty cool. Um, I think they have a couple of. Uh, I haven't caught, caught up with all the comics, but I think there's like a couple characters who would like occupy this time frame between um, between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. They could probably like slip in there. I would love to see someone like uh, what's her name, Doctor Afra or something. That would be awesome. But like, I, I imagine we're going to see some, but we're going to see people who we expect, and we're going to see at least maybe one or two people who we probably wouldn't expect. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I can totally see the Andor show going that way. And like we've said many times on the podcast, it seems like Lucasfilm had a lot of faith in Tony Gilroy and the production of Andor and allowing them to film on location. They didn't use the volume whatsoever. So it's it's one of those things like when I was growing up, I love CGI when Jurassic Park hit. I said, throw the puppets away. Let's do CGI. But then it's come back around for me, and it's like, I love the puppets. That feels like Star Wars. We need more puppets. We need more practical. And I think all the fans kind of had that kind of same reasoning and agreement right before the sequel trilogy came out. And when the volume hit with The Mandalorian, I was like, yes, do the volume. You don't have to go on location. Just do volume, 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 stagecraft, stagecraft, stagecraft. And now it's kind of like you see Andor, and it's like they didn't use the volume whatsoever. They basically create a long... Yeah, they basically created a long-form film. And that's what I think we, we've we all been kind of like really thirsting for on Disney Plus for Star Wars. It's like we want those long-form films where you can concentrate on character development and story. And, man, it, it, it feels like Andor is just like just waiting in the wings here. It's just going to explode, and it's going to be terrific. I, I'm hoping... Um, Hopefully yeah, it, no, no more Tatooine for once. <laughs> I don't mind Tatooine. Tatooine, I mean, that's quintessential Star Wars. Doesn't bug me at all. If you've read or listened to a certain point of view, 
you find out that there's all kinds of like stuff that's buried in the sands of Tatooine from previous wars and battles. And Tatooine used to be like a lush planet with oceans yeah. and forests. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do with Tatooine. I don't mind it. I know some of our hosts don't like it on the podcast, but it's, it's just I, I, it just feels so limiting. Though I think with like I, when I think of Star Wars, I think of like endless possibilities. It's just it's the same locations, Dave. It's the same location. So I just I want to get away from that. It seems like Andor so far in trailers doesn't seem to show any of that. So I'm like, okay, we're we're at, we're at a good start. Good start. Yeah, <laughs> good start. And of course, uh, Chris he's uh, brought up a uh, Borgullet should make an appearance in that. And James and I were actually talking about that on Patreon Daily. What if Borgullet's like a little like octopi that can fit in your hand? You know. He's like an infant in, in Andor. <laughs> Saw Guerrero brings him. He's like in his pocket or something. So, yeah. <laughs> I want to be honest here. I, I don't remember who this character is. <laughs> so remember uh, in Rogue One when Bodie Rook was captured, uh, they're trying to make sure that he wasn't lying to, to the... To the uh, oh, okay, position. okay. Yeah, and that yeah, yeah. tentacle creature comes out. That's Borg Gullet. That's the name of the creature. Oh, okay. okay. And it was kind of an insight, like a joke, a running joke on the podcast way back when, when Rogue One came out. And uh, we you should just like shout out randomly, Borgullet. So <laughs> that's what think, Chris is referring to. So I saw a comment with the same thing I said about like the, the more desert, right? I think I saw it. Right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which it doesn't bug me, but I, I know that, that like, like you say, I mean, we expect endless ideas, possibilities <laughs> for for Star Wars, and it seems like we're kind of kind of trapped, so to speak, in uh, between the world we know and Tatooine, and that's why yeah. we all kind of want like the Ryan Johnson and Taika Waititi stuff to happen so bad because it's supposed to be brand new worlds, brand new characters, but of course that's kind of been pushed back a little bit. So um, I fair just real quick, just my fair. I know a lot of people like kind of like rag on rise of Skywalker and like, I, that's a whole kind of worm trying to get into that right now, but I just love that sequence at the beginning when they're doing the, the light scene jumping and you get like these little snippets of all these different worlds, like all these different, like biomes yeah. and such. And I'm like, Oh, that is so cool. Just introducing that into like the mythos of star Wars. And it's like, I want to see like some of those places like a future that like, expanded on like just like it kind of reminded me of the Star Tours right at Disneyland where like you're kind of like jumping yeah. from place to place and I'm like oh like I want to see more of that like just more time to kind of just like linger in those places so that's where I'm at kind of with Star Wars yeah yeah and I did want to touch on uh, uh Tony Gilroy and this article from uh Star Wars News Net so if you're watching us on YouTube or on Twitter um, that's a picture of the uh, composer for Andor, and um, his name is Nicholas Brattel. He scored Moonlight and Succession, I believe, on HBO. Oh, okay. And Tony Gilroy had a few comments. I'll, I'll read his quotes here. Uh, Music in Star Wars is just absolutely essential, identified with John Williams. I mean, bow down. But we're going in a whole other direction. We needed an entirely new vocabulary. We're making a new visual vocabulary, a storytelling vocabulary, a new casting vocabulary, all these things. We're going to make a new musical vocabulary. Nick Bertel was not only available but interested. Nick is just one of the premier composers of the moment right now. He's just on fire, and he's inspired. 
He also said, we both underestimated the amount of work it was going to take. All of a sudden, it turns into this gigantic thing. But it's been one of the great creative experiences I've ever had. That's Gilroy talking about helping uh, watching Nick uh, compose the score. Um, Gilroy said, one day I went to Nick's house and he played us the theme and was like, oh my God, that's our theme. I called Kathy Kennedy to say we have a theme. None of the opening sequences are the same. And each variation is a different orchestration, a completely different interpretation of our theme that Nick has done. There'll be 12 of them in the show. I'm sure people will parse them out and figure them out what he's done. I think they're just absolutely beautiful. So there you go. A brand new opening theme for every show this year. So what do you think about that? (laughs) That's that's cool. I, I I, I love the music of Star Wars. I, I've really quickly become a fan of uh, Ludwig Granson, like the him doing Mand- uh, Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Like I, I love the use of like those heavy horns and like the the very bombastic kind of feel to it. And like if you've seen Creed one or Creed two, he also does a score for those movies, which I absolutely love his rendition of the Rocky theme with like heavy horns and such. So I was hoping, I, I guess maybe he was available, or maybe they just want to like you know make it mix it up a bit. So I'm looking forward to a different different kind of themes i know for some people like i i think you were i think you were in the comment section david when we were watching uh the cantina happy hour they're talking about all the music right like no one remembered the uh book of boba fett thing and i'm like how dare you how do you <laughs> not remember that thing like it's like the, again like Goranson has like these heavy horns and just like very yeah. epic star wars film. so i don't i haven't seen severance i haven't seen uh, what was the other project he did Moon, this guy moonlight oh and i did see moonlight but I don't remember much of the music of Moon Knight, so no Moonlight. Oh, Moonlight, the Academy Award-winning film, yes. Oh, with like the, the gay that grows up into a teen and adult. Okay, I haven't seen yeah, that movie, so. so I would I have no like reference yeah, point for this film either. Yeah, yeah, I don't. So. But I, but I've heard the name before. It, he is a name, so and from all accounts, Tony Gilroy says he did a great job, and I trust Tony Gilroy. Um, so yeah, I mean, more hype for Andor comes out September 21st with a three-episode premiere. And the last episode will be the week of Thanksgiving in the States. So that should be wow. a, a lot of fun. And like you said earlier, She-Hulk is also going to run concurrently, I believe, a little Across. bit with Andor. But it's Across not going to air on the, same, on the same Wednesday. It's going to air on a Thursday. So at one point in time, I think we're going to have something like Andor, She-Hulk, House of Dragons, and then Rings of Power all in one week airing. That's a good time. It's a, it's a good time for nerds around the world, man. <laughs> man, it's it's going to be some late nights. So I never take it for granted, like that we have like this kind of like content. Like I, as a kid, like I, if you had told me there'd be like Star Wars shows, like I was like no. Never, that would never happen. And now, like, I feel almost like spoiled because, like, we still have like the room to kind of gripe about like certain programs, like, oh, like this didn't work out, or like they didn't do this right, or like you know, slow mo pitches throughout tattooing, like stuff like that, right? Like we're like kind of griping. It's like I try to like just think about like like don't take this for granted that we get like all yeah, this stuff. born too soon, man, born too soon. When I was a kid in the nineties, I mean, we had cable. And I was I was into a lot of things. I was into sports, um, but I mean, there's just not enough things to watch on on cable. And now with streaming, it's like 
unlimited, you know? I mean, there's never... There's no time now. Yeah, now there's no time as as an adult. I mean, we're, like, working, we have jobs, we have to adult. And, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. You really have to carve out time that you don't have to now watch the things that we love. It's it's a weird... It's a weird turn of events. And uh, (laughs) that's the way it is. And these kids nowadays... They're, they are lucky. They have no right to complain about anything. <laughs> then, of course, it's like an exponential growth of like technology with the internet and Xbox and PlayStation. And you can play online with your friends anywhere in the world. And yeah, it's just one of those things. I'm like old man complaining over here. But yeah, the other thing, <laughs> the other thing that I want to talk about is... The fact that the story dropped, uh, there's a rumor, and uh, it's a little bit substantiated, that The Mandalorian Season 4, not Season 3, Season 4, is going to be shot next month. And the thing that's surprising about that is the fact that all of the industry insiders thought that that wasn't going to take place until next year. But then, of course, you have that location at Manhattan Beach right now where I believe Ahsoka just wrapped and there's that rumor of Book of Boba Fett Season 2 happening. But there was something that was listed and I'll bring up the story right now and this uh, comes to us uh, way of uh, BestmanBulletin.com. So they say the latest issue of Production Weekly says the fourth season of the Disney Plus mega hit is set to film next month. And it says if the listing is true, then it lines up with the filming starting on season three of last year. The Mandalorian season three began filming at Manhattan Beach Studios in late September 2021, with filming running until late March of this year. Pickups and partial reshoots also took place during that time, and planned additional reshoots occurred this summer of the season also. If season four begins filming this September, I assume we should not expect the season to wrap until March 2023. However, if principal photography on season four is imminent, I wouldn't expect the season until 2024, given the Mandalorian season three is slated to release in February, and multiple Star Wars series are slated to follow, including Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, and The Acolyte. Ahsoka began filming at the start of May, and Skeleton Crew began filming in late June with both productions primarily filming at Manhattan Beach Studios. Ahsoka is slated to conclude filming in November, with Skeleton Crew falling in December. So if you do the math, they could actually take Bad Batch Season 2, and I believe there's about 12 to 16 episodes of that. Put that at the end of Andor concluding, maybe give us a week after Thanksgiving, and we can run up Bad Batch right up to Mandalorian Season 3. And then once Mandalorian Season 3 concludes, you could start the Ahsoka series. So They got us us on the hook every month. Exactly what you're saying, right (laughs) on the hook. So, I mean, they could work it that way. It's possible. They can do it. Put my business hat on, my executive hat. That's what I would do. I would... I would for sure do that. Make sure there's there's no wait time. Maybe a little, like maybe like a week or so. Maybe mm-hmm. like oh, I was saying that holiday, and maybe 
And then, of, of course, we still have Tales of, of the Jedi, and we don't have a date for that yet. So you still have that series, which debuted its its um, its first episode at Celebration, which shockingly hasn't ended up online in its entirety. But James, one of our co-hosts, he went to that panel and he saw it, and he said it was fantastic. And there's spoilers oh, in that as well. So, oh, yeah. I'm trying to think if they're filming season four of Mandalorian because I don't know if they already wrapped up on The Last of Us. That's what also what Pedro Pascal is attached to. That was wrapped up a while back. Uh, was it really? the, okay. beauty, the beauty of The Mandalorian is you don't need Pedro Pascal on set. That's true. I, I need yeah. his voice. A stand-in. Yeah, yeah that's true. I like, I, I like to show up. I like, like seeing him in the, in the suit and like on there, so. But yeah, you're right. You're right. I guess you don't need him like on there like 24 seven or whatever. So makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, I'm thinking about that trailer that dropped at celebration. I mean, it was one of the most incredible panels that I I've ever attended as far as seeing new content and to seeing how dynamic it was in outer space and then rightfully so giving the Mandalorian more budget, it seems like, and having the Mandalorian experience there at celebration, which was totally awesome. I took some video. I took pictures of everything I possibly could. They basically had every single prop and costume at celebration. And we found out later on that I'm not sure if Lucasfilm or Disney didn't want to do it, but they didn't pay to move everything from Manhattan Beach Studios to or wherever they were kind of archiving everything. John Favreau actually paid for all that to happen. And oh, he was That's pretty cool. Favreau, huh? yeah, that that was that was really awesome of him. And he was actually walking around the exhibit with a mask on and if I would have known he was there initially, I would have gone like straight there. But of course, with the podcast, we had like other like scheduling and plans and stuff. But I was able to make it in like really, really late uh, on the last day and was able to see everything. And it was it was incredible. Um, seeing that N1 Starfighter um, kind of re kind of souped up by Pelimoto and um and didn't Jaren and to have Grogu like waving at you. So apparently they said they had people operating the Bantha and they had people operating Grogu in the little bubble. So <laughs> he would turn to actual people and do the wave and like turn to the other people that were there and wave at them. So that's cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just the prospects of, what the Mandalorian season three has in store for us. So the superhero car show and Comic-Con happened in my neck of the woods in San Antonio. And Giancarlo Esposito was there. He did a few, I think he did, maybe he did one panel, but he did say he did address the Mandalorian season three, which he had already shot. And, and funny enough, he was interviewed back in May and he told the interviewer Mandalorian season three was going to drop next month. And of course, yeah, there was no way that was going to happen. <laughs> but uh, he did say at that panel in San Antonio that the Mandalorian season three 
is fire. And then like everyone mm-hmm. cheered and then he stopped talking about it and then he started talking about his prospects with the Marvel Universe. But that reminds yeah, me of uh, Rosario Dawson saying like uh, Punisher was coming back, right? And then she's right. later on, she's like, oh, well, you know, I heard it like secondhand. Like you can't trust everything secondhand. Like my bad. <laughs> so it's like same thing. Like where, you know, they hear stuff and like not everything's like set in stone. Things, plans change and stuff. So yeah, that's true. And C two E two in Chicago was happening simultaneously as a superhero car show in Comic Con in San Antonio. And Rosario Dawson um, did talk about that fact that um, on the set of Ahsoka. Filoni was watching an episode and came out of the tent or whatever and was glassy eyed and just told Rosario Dawson. He's like, I just had a religious experience watching what he just watched on screen with Ahsoka. Wow. Which, to me, that I mean, that screams something that he's had cooking in his mind for years, maybe decades to do. In oh, like how he pulled it off and everything. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking something incredible and there there's been some speculation on the podcast that possibly well if you look at the logo which is like on my shirt right here there's it looks like, like the uh, it looks like the thing the cow has, has like that where like it kind of reminds me right of like that thing where if made a uh, uh fall in order like when you like do the level up thing or whatever like it has like a little like the kind of uh, not hieroglyphics but it has like that light kind of thing but go ahead i'm sorry go ahead. so yeah so when you look at the logo i think they're referencing the world between worlds those like portals oh okay 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 so that's oh. when time travel essentially was introduced in star wars um so maybe we'll get that in live action and i mean you would assume i mean it's on the logo i mean i mean there's gonna be something involving that and it, and we were kind of theorizing, what if they actually bring in elements from the original trilogy and the prequels, and we get to see different viewpoints of of those certain classic Star Wars moments? And what if Ahsoka actually intervenes some way, somehow, into some of those moments? Um, I don't know. Um, that's maybe something that would make... Uh, Filoni kind of glassy-eyed that he kind of went back in time, so to speak, into uh, one of his beloved Star Wars moments and and got to actually work in those sets in a manner of speaking. So, I can see I that know, happening. We see. Yeah. Just because I remember, I don't know if you ever read like, the old EU, like there was like a, there was like a force ability where you could kind of like observe past events also so i could see that happening yeah there's all kinds of force abilities that um, are interesting and i think that lucasfilm is taking into consideration all the new creators that come in i mean we still have the story group and i think pablo hidalgo and leland chi and all those people that that are working um and making sure everything stays in canon um, bring up some suggestions, and I think it was I think it was Ryan Johnson who was being challenged online on Twitter or something. Um, when Luke did the Force projection, people people were saying that that's not canon. That's not something that can happen. And he pulled out a one of the jet one of the old Jedi power books, and he like read it like word for word. <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that they can do. Like you said, the possibilities are limitless. What you can do with Star Wars, it's just getting that green light from the executives, from Kathleen Kennedy, from Dave Filoni now, now that he's an executive, and um, Doug Chang as well. He's the vice president of Lucasfilm. So, but I think the end all be all is Kathleen Kennedy. She's the one that green lights everything and, and gives the final, okay, let's do this. And thankfully, she gave the okay to John Knoll to do Rogue One. And that piece of the A New Hope crawl was that one line was cha- was made into a complete movie in Rogue One, which is, is one of the most beloved films. So, yeah, hopefully we get to see it in IMAX and hopefully get we get some details and hopefully I'm holding up that poster in one of the podcasts, so. I've been wanting um, to rewatch it recently. So, like, not hearing about this earlier this week, I'm like, oh, oh perfect. I'll just wait till like it's an IMAX then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, for me, I, I live in South Texas. Hopefully, it's not like only in Dallas or only in Houston. It needs to be like a little closer to me, San Antonio, Austin, hopefully. So, yeah, yeah that's all I got for Star Wars news. Did you uh, have anything that you wanted to talk about Star Wars related? Um,. I'm trying to think. I've just been like, I don't know how much you, for me, Star Wars, like oddly enough, like the movies are, are not really like, the most important thing for me. I just love like the expanded stuff. So I've been like, I've been, I've been reading. Uh, I just recently got, uh, I haven't read it yet. I just got a uh, shadow of the Sith, which a lot of people are saying is like a really dope ass book. Have you read yeah. it by any chance or? I haven't read it. I do know okay. some plot points. I do know that it's like kind of like a companion piece to the rise of Skywalker. That and fills out, like, a lot of yeah. holes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I haven't read it. I'm still catching up on some of like the High Republic stuff, which I love. I love when Star Wars does a thing where it kind of goes away from the Skywalkers and kind of just does its own thing and just lets you see like other aspects. Because like when you think of, of like the Star Wars timeline, like all the stuff we see like movie wise is like in the course of like 40 years or so. And then like Star Wars, I mean, from the video games and the books and everything's like so much more than that. So. I love, I just love the, like I mentioned earlier, the possibilities and like all the different stuff that can go on in that universe. So I've just been catching up on High Republic stuff. I haven't gotten to Shadow of the Sith yet, but uh, I always find it funny how, because we, I think the same thing happened with Snoke where like they, they don't really explain a lot of stuff in the movies on purpose to kind of just have some stuff like, well, you know, we'll wrap that up in a show or in a book or something, like kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, the expanded stuff beyond just the movies, so that, that's that's all I got to say. All right, and Andrew, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, podcast. Uh, finally, and uh, t- tell the people where they can find you. Uh, again, you can find me on uh, podcast services everywhere. Uh, Deal Sense Podcast, that's really video game podcast where we talk about gaming news from the that week, uh, what we've been playing, and just kind of stuff like that. I also have. A Star Wars podcast, which a mini hiatus until Endor starts again, uh, called My Star Wars Show. It's very basic. It's uh, mostly you can find it on YouTube. Um, and uh, what was the other? Th- oh, of course. And I also write. Uh, I'm a staff writer for Geek News Now, which David, you know, my editor in chief, David Gramillion, and uh, we. Uh, I mostly write about video games or Star Wars. Those are like my two main passions. So uh, I think that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, thank you uh, so much to everyone uh, listening, watching us on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, um, and Facebook. And, of course, you can find us on Instagram at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. 
Twitter at StuffPod. Uh, we're on TikTok. You can email us at StarWarsStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Um, also, you can uh, find our um, list of great hosts that we have on the website, StarWarsStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Or actually, StuffPodcastNetwork.com. And that's pretty much it. Thank you, everyone, for listening, watching, wherever you are. And may the Force be with you. Always. Pew, pew. Thank you.